welcome, welcome to Sling and Stone podcast. Uh, for all those who are new listeners, welcome. And for all those who have heard us before, welcome back. Uh, Sling and Stone podcast was actually created by myself, Christian, and Jimmy uh, as a forum to discuss Jesus, uh, kingdom, and the word in relation to a constantly changing world. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion. God bless. All right. Hello. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Sling and Stone podcast. Uh, it is an amazing Sunday. It's actually December 20th, so close to Christmas. Uh, it, gosh, celebrating Jesus's birth, like <laughs> what, what better of a day, you know? Um, I am Christian Islin here with Sling and Stone Podcast. Here with me uh, is one of my best friends, as well as uh, somebody taking the place of my co-host right now, Jimmy. He's actually uh, not able to be on. Um, this is Pastor Mario Algorin. Hey, how's everybody doing? I hope everybody's having a great Sunday. Like Christian said, it's right before Christmas. And we know that Jesus is truly is that reason. It sounds kind of corny sometimes, but that is the reason. It's why we're here together. So I'm, it's an honor, Christian, to be filling in for Brother Jimmy here today. Awesome. Thank you. And it is our honor and our privilege. <laughs> and uh, man, we are so thankful to have on the podcast today with us Chad Lil, a.k.a. Jackson Riker. Um we are so thankful. Welcome to Sling and Stone Podcast. Man, thank you guys for having me. Um, <clears throat> we finally uh, ironed down a time. I know we've been battling each other. Uh, it's been a busy, busy season, but I'm, I'm thankful to get a chance to talk about Jesus, man. Oh, so, man. I love it. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, uh, you know, just a few things. I, I, I want to, and I know that this is going to be such a big topic, um, and it's so hard to break down, but for all the... For all of the fans and for all the listeners that are out there, uh, Chad, I want you to <laughs> explain yourself, you know, explain a little bit about yourself, where you are, where you come from. Um, and uh, just, you know, kind of if you would if you would bless us by talking about your testimony. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in a nutshell, we can do it or we'd be here for a couple hours. But we, <laughs> I um I'm from a small town, Hickory, North Carolina, which is about an hour outside of Charlotte, so pretty close to Asheville. Um, right now, I'm sitting in Tampa. We have our, our Monday night Raw taping tomorrow night. So, um, but for me, I guess you know, five years old boyhood dream. Uh, we hear it; it's very cliche, but it's what I wanted to do. I remember Saturday mornings watching wrestling in my uh, my underwear and my t-shirt at home <laughs> as a kid, and uh, just just being mesmerized and, and just wanting, like, I was always into bodybuilding, always into pro wrestling and um, the, the, you know, best of both worlds all in one watching Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, uh, Ric Flair, dude, I can name so many names, but these are guys that really captivated me as a child, the ultimate warrior. And I told my mom and she still uh, quotes me to this day when I was five, that that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to be a wrestler, mom. And of course, you know, she would wow. at the time, she's like, yeah, okay, whatever kids are. But dude, as, as, as my childhood went on, it's just really all that stuck with me. Um, I never did really play sports in high school because of uh, just 
well, first of all, my football team was terrible, so I wasn't going to play football. But uh, wrestling was just all I wanted to do, man. I started working at 14, uh, working a regular job at 14, and just wrestling is what consumed my life. Um, a little bit about, you know, my, my faith and stuff we can talk about that I was raised going to church, not forced to, but I remember my mom would uh, let me go on these, even at an early age, I guess maybe eight or nine, uh, go on these little like um, summer Bible camp weeks or whatever it was where, you know, this bus would come, uh, come into our neighborhood, pick us up, take us to a church, uh, church I didn't even attend. But I mean, just at that early age of, you know, eight or nine, whatever it was, I, I remember being introduced to, to Jesus, like who, who this Jesus was, like he was the son of God. Um, and at the early age, I could comprehend like, okay, there's something amazing about this. I want to learn a little more, you know, yeah. um, move fast forward a little bit. Um, uh, see 15, 16 years old. I started attending church, church regularly with my father, um, at Bethlehem church of God, which is in a small town in North Carolina. And, uh, history about the church in, in the 50s, my grandfather helped build the church. Um, he, held, he held revivals there. He pastored at the church. Um, you know, he died in the 70s, but it was always a family church. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were, I remember sitting in the back pew with my grandmother and my dad and my aunt and just uh, listening. This is before I gave my life to Christ. I never did. You know, I didn't do it in an early age, but just hearing this pastor really pour out his soul. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bright lights and huge stage. You know, it was a, an old school pulpit, um, an old, you know, brick church that was built in the 50s. And but the power of God and, and even at that age, not knowing or reading the Bible and knowing what the Holy Spirit was, understanding that the atmosphere was different in that building, that when a preacher would preach or, the, you know, the choir would sing or my grandmother would pray where I watched people go to the altar, it was, dude, something was just, I was like, this is, I need this. Like, I, I need this because this, that was the Holy Spirit convicting me. I know that now. And at 17, it was uh, March 24th, year 2000, Pastor John Banks, an older gentleman who's went on to be at the Lord, um, was preaching a revival where we would do a Wednesday to Sunday revival is what they called it. And uh, he, he made that altar call. And I remember sitting in that back pew, um, the flesh was not wanting to go, but I felt something, I felt Jesus tugging at my heart. And um, I took that first step and it was like, he walked me to that altar and I knelt down and gave my life to Christ, man. I shed tears and uh, cried happiness and joy. And, um, you know, it's something that's greatest decision I ever made. Of course, you know, as far as me, my story, like through my twenties and stuff, I battled some uh, pill problems, uh, just worldly things. Like I, I, when I do my testimony with youth and a lot of times, am I talking too much? Please stop. Me. No, <laughs> no. It's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Please. Um, when I preach to the youth or, or any, any congregation, I will go to first John two um, 15 through 17, where it talks about the lust of the flesh, you know, the pride of life, the lust of the, uh, the desires of, of, you know, the world. And I really try to instill that in their minds that like Satan uses those things, you know, to, to entice us. And that's what he did with me. He used, he used me traveling on the road to entice my, um, you know, pill addiction problem or, or partying or thinking it was a cool thing to do, uh, being very prideful about my life. And, uh, you know, it took some turning around to do, but and I'm 30, 38 now. Um, 
my life's definitely changed since then. I mean, I, I get an opportunity to really preach to a lot of youth groups. Uh, I guess maybe a month ago, I had the opportunity to go back to my family church and preach in the pulpit, wow. which was like, oh, yeah, it was, dude, it was, it was very emotional for me. I was, <laughs> you know, just standing there. And uh, right before <clears throat> I went, I started to preach, my old pastor and his wife walked in to, to, to witness me share my testimony. And man, you talk about just crying like a baby. You know, here I am, 240-pound tattooed pro wrestler, but bawling my eyes out. <laughs> um, but man, that's my life. I, you know, nothing, nothing extraordinary, but just it's amazing how Christ to save me because there's times where I could have killed myself. I could have killed someone else. You know, I was v- uh, very depressed. Um, I didn't really touch base, but in 2002 to 2006, I was in the Marine Corps. So in 05, I deployed and, and I just, um, it, it was a depressing time for me because I was stuck on a ship with the Navy and we were just all over the sea and all over the world. It was a very, very depressing time for me. And, and I remember just um, doing things that enticed the flesh, but also every night I would, I would go to God in prayer and just, you know, ask like, why do I feel this way? Why am I empty and why am I broken? And, you know, a couple of years back, the same thing kind of happened to me, a life altering thing. Um, and and I, I heard God tell me like, you, you're, you're empty because you're seeking the world and you're not seeking mm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not seeking after my son who, you know, in Galatians 2.20, it says, um, you know, he loved me. He gave himself for me, you know, and it's talking about Jesus and how much he truly, truly loves us. And it, um, it's, it's taken me a while to really, and I still don't comprehend that, that how deep that love is. Like it talks about in Ephesians 3.14 through 21, uh, God's love and how deep and wide and, and, and everything it is. Like we can't comprehend that, but if we dive into how much he truly loves us, we'll see that none of us are worthless. And at times in my life, I thought I was worthless or I thought that God, you can't possibly use me. I'm a mess up. I've, I've done this. I've done that. But um, that's a lie. It's a lie that the enemy yeah. will put in your mind. And I try to teach that to the youth too, man. Cause a lot of, they got, they got these, these cell phones now, man, where mm-hmm. social media is so rampant and social media, I have 12 likes and some kids are like, Oh my gosh, like, why don't I have more likes? But, I try to teach them like, it's not about that. And it's about Christ. It's about the Bible. You know, it's about what he did for us and, and the blood he shed for us. Amen. So. Amen. Yeah. You know, that love, that love that you're talking about. And I know I've said this before, but that love, like as, and this is me, as I am nailing Jesus up to that cross, Jesus literally looks at me. And as my advocate to the father says, forgive them father, for they do not know what they do. Like mm-hmm. that is love, you know, oh, yeah. so I, I completely, completely hear what you're saying there. That's, that's so powerful. So powerful. And that's such a powerful testimony. Honestly. And, it, and Chad, I love it that um, you actually share this with the youth, you know, the, because mm-hmm. uh, and Christian knows this, we've preached this before at reflection, how, how people want to put different categories to sin. You know, that sin is greater than this sin. And we're always judging the sin. Um, and the world even looks at that too. But Jesus has said, it's only three categories. And he said, the pride of life, you know, the lust of the flesh, lust of the, lust of the eyes. Yeah. But them to know that, that is amazing to know at, at, uh, at that age, the youth groups, and, and to, for them to know this, because shame can creep in when we think, oh, that's sin that we can't talk. Oh, I just lied. That's not a big sin. Oh, you did that, though. You know, you put fornication, alcohol, we put all that stuff up here and forget the small, what we people consider the small things. 
So to let them know that, you know, this is where everything falls at right here. Mm -hmm. And that is awesome that they're getting this kind of kind of teaching at a young age uh, because the world will make you feel that shame. But then you say, hey, everything falls in this category. And Jesus covered all that. You know, so that, that's that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, also, the fact that somebody's actually willing to be completely transparent with yes. it. You know, you, yeah, that's what they want. And, and I found it with my platform. Uh, God's give. there's I always tell people there's no reason I should be a pro wrestler, WWE superstar. I mean, I'm from a small town where, mm -hmm. you know, most people don't even know where it's at. Yeah. But God has given me this platform. And I believe it. Uh, I know um, that it is to to uh, share the gospel man. to use the platform because I'm tattooed up. So when I get in front of these youth groups, it's kind of an icebreaker because they yeah. see me as someone who's not you know, in a suit or whatever, they mm -hmm. see something different. And it's like, all right, it's an icebreaker when they find out that, Hey, this guy's a pro wrestler. It's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> you know, and then they find out, Hey, this guy's a Jesus freak. So it's even better, man. And it's just yeah. an icebreaker, dude. It gives me an opportunity to kind of share my testimony. So yeah, I guarantee nobody sat there and looked at John the Baptist and was like, that guy's a Jesus freak right there. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's no, that's awesome, man. I love hearing that. Um, a, a question that I actually do like asking people, and I kind of touched base on this a little bit before, is who was Jesus to you then in comparison to who is Jesus to you now? I can answer that right off the bat, man. Like right. Jesus to me then, um, as a child, even as a, as a, a new born again Christian at 17 and into my 20s, Jesus to me then was a vending machine someone I would go to when I was in need, when I was depressed or when I was um, uh, felt hopeless, he was a vending machine. And I, and I don't say that wrongly. I say that because at the time my walk with Christ was, Oh, I'm happy and, and good. Now Jesus will talk later, you know, uh, or, but when I was sad and down, I was like, Oh God, please come save me. Please help me. Please give me this. That's what he was. But now, um, you know, three years ago, I really dove into like, rededicating my life because I'm married with a four-year-old daughter. Me and my wife were uh, baptized together. We were connected to East Coast believers in Orlando, Orlando, where just, you know, Pastor Norm, <clears throat> you spoke about, he really spoke to me. And now Jesus is, um, I, I try to liken him and some days I mess up, but we're human, is, is my best friend. Like I heard this analogy the other day. I can't remember what I was listening to on YouTube, but it said, Wake up in the morning, <clears throat> and as you're walking through your house, picture Jesus sitting at your kitchen table, waiting for you to have a conversation with him. Um, now, you have two choices. Sit down at that table and fellowship with Jesus who loves you and wants a relationship with you, or, hey, Jesus, I'm too busy. I'll talk to you later, and you leave. Mm -hmm. So you have Jesus every day sitting in your home, sitting in your office, wherever you go to have alone time think about that and it really opened up my eyes I was like wow man that, that was kind of a punch in the face uh because there's times where i wake up and, and you know the lord knows i have a four-year-old daughter so if her feet hit the floor before mine there's that, there's gonna be moments where i'm just walking and going lord uh, we're talking a little bit <laughs> but you know like this morning i woke up on the way to travel and i, and I was getting ready to go to the gym and something like the holy spirit convicted me said i'll sit down at the table and just read some psalms or just pray to me talk to me and that's what I remembered. I was like, well, Jesus is sitting at my table wanting the fellowship with me, man. So that's who Jesus is to me now. And I try to base my life around that. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. Like, you know, it's, it's, I, I love the idea of the fact that like 
Jesus is just wanting to spend time with you, but because of the fact that he's such a gentleman, Mm -hmm. he's only going to advance towards you as much as you advance towards him. You know, he's not going to put you into, uh, you know, a holy headlock (laughs) and say, you know, you are going to love me. That's not what love's even about in the first place. Right, right, right. Yes, that agape love, man. I'm doing a, a love of God course uh, i attend fire school of ministry um in in north carolina it's it's online but dr michael brown i don't know if you guys have heard of him uh just amazing man a mentor of mine but he um david harwood is a pastor out of uh, staten island does the course but it's a love of god course and it really breaks down the agape love and how it's you know misinterpreted sometimes but just how you know much god loves us so this course has really opened up my eyes to like it's really convicted me of um, just knowing my worth, man, and realizing, yes, God wants a relationship with us. Like if we were worthless and, and, and all this other stuff, like he wouldn't, you know, he sent his son to die for us, mm-hmm. you know, John three sixteen. So it's, um, you know, it's true that God loves us. It's ridiculous love. Amen. Amen. Um, something, if, if you could, uh, you know, especially cause you, I, I mean, you know, ex-military, uh, your your life right now, you know, in front of cameras and everything. Like, if you having all the experiences in life that you have had thus far, if you could give advice to someone who is new in their walk with the Lord, like, what would it be? Oh, man, I think obviously, really, because. My early walk as a Christian, like I said, Jesus was a vending machine to me. My prayer life was um, just when I needed something. Um, Prayer is important. You know, you got to, for me, advice for kids or younger Christians is to be sure that you're in that prayer time. So Pastor Norm used to say this, give God one year of your life. So 15 minutes a day, start off with that. Five minutes in worship five minutes in prayer, five minutes in the word. That's not a lot. Starting off 15 minutes a day. You know, it's just like working out. When I first started training and lifting weights, I didn't jump right into bench pressing 300 pounds. Dude, I had to train my body for that. And the Lord understands. He doesn't, you know, you don't have to have an hour of prayer time. Like you got to start off slow because, you, you know, a lot of early Christians, I think, get burnt out because they're consumed or like, oh man, what is going on? But I, I just, I've always said like, Prayer is so important. I wish I could go back to when I was 17 through my 20s and really know how important prayer is. Um, read the Bible. I mean, that's, you know, that's obviously an obvious, um, you know, an obvious one, like really diving into the word, diving into the gospels, knowing who Jesus is, what he did for us and have um, accountability. So there you go. So um, one of my pastors told me this one time. He says, great. You need to have a, a Paul a Barnabas and a Timothy. Now, obviously if you're younger, you don't, you don't need a Timothy because you are that Timothy, but you need that Paul one who speaks life into you. So for me, it's my Dr. Michael Brown who speaks life into me and helps me with knowledge and wisdom. You need a Barnabas, your accountability partner. Um, and I have one, it's a good buddy of mine where we are praying together. Or if he deals with something, he comes to me and vice versa. So for a young Christian man, like have accountability. You do not, we are not meant to do this alone. Like right. no pun Amen. intended, but we are not meant to social distance and not fellowship. Mm-hmm. We're meant to walk. We're a body of Christ. Iron sharpens iron Proverbs 27, 17. We are meant to fellowship and be there to pick each other up. Cause I mean, look at the disciples. Obviously they were walking with Jesus. Like, you know, 
but there were 12 disciples and they were all probably uh, at each other's throat all the time. Uh, but they helped, you know, pick each other up, man. And, and so that's my big, big piece of advice is be sure you have an accountability partner. Know that you can reach out to your pastors, your, your um, youth leaders, get into a Bible study, um, a small group. I didn't know about small groups in my 20s, man. I wish I would have. But when I learned about them in my 30s and finally got into some, I was like, holy moly, I've been missing out. And this is like, this is a drug I have to have. You know what I mean? So a good drug, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mario, you got some. Yeah, that's so good, man. Accountability is a big thing. And it's something that is not really talked about. Um, it's getting more momentum now. And, and that's something like, same experience with me. Like I, when I got saved, it was like, all right, you got saved. And it was like, now what? Yeah. You know, if you had right. some, that person alongside to say, okay, this is what you have to do now. Like, I know I had to read the Bible, but there's some things I just don't know what's in there. And I had a great, amazing pastor, but uh, we didn't have that, that, that accountability from other brothers and sisters within the church that we think that all this falls on the pastor. But pastors, you know, can only reach so many people so many times. You can't reach them all the time. So you have to, it's the body of Christ, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so good. And, and one of my overseers, he says accountability is not just somebody checking in on you. It's also me going to you and saying, hey, this is what I'm going through now. This is how I'm handling the situation. Is this right? You know? And so it's, it goes both ways, too. It's not just somebody always just checking and checking on you. It's you coming to that person, too, and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And we need more people that are open to be mentors to other um, younger people. Like you said, that's Timothy. And we need to be available at all times. That's what that's when we thrive, when the body of Christ is doing what it's called to do. So yeah. having people be more obedient to stepping out into that, for instance, like mm-hmm. being more accountable for our brothers and sisters as well, as opposed to just, you know, we I like I understand completely that we 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 you know, we worry sometimes about ourselves and we have our own prayer life and we, but we have to be accountable for our brothers and sisters because yeah. we possibly might be their biggest blessing, you know? So we, mm-hmm. we, we definitely have to hold on to that. Yeah. And they're sitting right next to you at church every Sunday, but if you don't talk, don't get to know each other, your biggest blessing can be right there. Or yeah. you have the opportunity to bless that person. You might, you have a gifting inside of you that's for them, but if you don't, open your mouth you don't talk to them build relationship we'll never know yeah right. yeah it's true amen chad are there any like and i'm sure that there are so many but like you know as far as uh being a man of god in the industry you know that you're in you know are there any challenges that you come across as far as um you know, do you have your strict regiment that you do regularly as far as, you know, your prayer time with the Lord and, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, or, you know, it gets tousled and turned just with your schedule and everything that ends up happening, because I'm sure that it's an incredibly busy schedule. It's not so busy right now, obviously, because of the pandemic we've been going through this this year. So for us, it's just I'm flying Sunday to Tampa. I film Monday. I'm home Tuesday. So oh. um, but I have been, you know, there with um when I was with NXT and schedules were normal and some days I was going four days a week or whatnot for me, man, is just cause I clean my life up. I clean what, you know, what I partook in after the wrestling show, instead of going up, you know, to a restaurant drinking, you know, beer and doing my, my old self. Yeah. Um, I made it a habit, man. to like to go to the room to, to um, read the Bible, whether it's, you know, like I said, a Psalm or whatever it may be, and just kind of keep my mind busy 
and reading books. But for me now, man, it's just like I, I attempt to get up in the mornings, like I said, depending on my daughter, um, go to my office, uh, read. I'm doing a couple of different classes right now. So I have podcasts I listen to for those classes. It's just trying to really quiet my mind. My, my biggest enemy is my, my mind likes to race constantly, even in prayer. But, you know, I used to beat myself up over that, but I know the Lord, uh, you know, he's up there going, okay, just try and quiet yourself, man. Mm -hmm. um, so for now, it's just usually every day, some days, obviously we miss, but it's, it's just being in the word. Uh, I look forward to starting January, 2021. Cause I got a couple, um, I can't remember what they're called. I have to send you guys a picture of them, but there it's, it's like the whole old Testament and the whole new Testament, like big study guides. So I look forward to getting, you know, reading the whole Bible again in 2021 and just, you learn more and more as you read it. You know what I mean? You can read a passage 20 times. You're going to get 20 different things out of it, depending on what you're going through or what the Lord's speaking to you about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, my, my uh, routine, I guess, is get up. I always have my prayer time, my Bible time. I'm a night reader as well. Cause you know, once my kid goes to bed, she, uh, she's around nine or nine 30, I'll go to my office and it's, the house is quiet. Nothing's going on. And, um, I just dive into the word, dude. I just dive into the word and whatever's on my mind for prayer, I pray about. That's so good. And I've, like I, you know, I've been talking with you specifically, like, you know, I've been watching some of the things that you've been posting on, you know, Facebook and the little video snippets and, and devotionals and just, just your moment of like clarity, you know, your moment of revelation. And it's yeah. so good, man. The Lord's using you mightily. Like I was telling you before, like you're, you're so obedient and I love it. So stay transparent like that. So good. Yeah, I got a lot of learning to do, man. But I'm, I'm lucky that I got a lot of good men uh, and women who believe in me and, and really just have spoken life into me. Because uh, sometimes I get discouraged, you know, and, and I, you know, I slip and fall daily where I have to go, Lord, man, I'm so dumb. Just help me out here. You know, but that's that's what makes uh, his grace so amazing and his love so amazing because we just, you know, he's always there to pick us up and brush us off and say, all right, let's try it again. You know, let's try it again. Amen. Yeah. Amen. If I can give you a little bit of advice, man, I always like to use this one here. Um, David, David, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. And, and it wasn't because he was running good all the time. He, he yeah. read the Bible. He messed up plenty of times. What made him a man after God's own heart was that when he, when he fell down, when he messed up, he knew where to go to and keep going. So right. we all there. We're all there. I don't care about what titles we have. We're all, you know, we're, we're, we can be hard-headed sometimes and we can know the word. We can know some things and we slip up, but we, we just got to get back up. You know, yeah. we just got to get back up and say, Lord, you know, please forgive me. Let me keep going. And that's it. Be after his own heart. And um, and if you don't mind, I know because uh, I, I grew up, you know, watching wrestling. I didn't want to be a wrestler, though. I, I was I was always, <laughs> but uh, but I loved it, man. I used to love the Monday Night Raws, you know, even, even once I think it was Friday Night Main Events and stuff like that. I used to go yeah. Yeah, so I grew up in the area with, with the Macho Man and all, all that stuff, too, the same things you were sharing. Um, and I actually have a cousin who I think fought professionally in Japan or something like that. Nice. But, uh, but uh, and, I, and I see some of the documentaries sometimes, like Ted DiBiase has one, a couple of guys, Tom Michaels, who now, you know, are believers. And, and the industry can be a toll. Um, I'm pretty sure now I slowed down a little bit, but constantly traveling and all that stuff. Um, and I don't know, because I know they're still your employer and all that stuff, so I don't want to... But how's the culture? How's the culture now? And, and, and are you accepted as a believer in that culture? Or how hard is it to break into it? Yeah, no, I think now it's a lot different than it was, say, in the 90s. Um, you know, we there was a few of us that when I was with NXT, Drake Wirtz, and I know he wouldn't mind me mentioning his name, would, would 
Uh, he's a referee or he is a referee for NXT. We would do a Bible study and not, you know, they wouldn't let it obviously inside the uh, performance center or anything, yeah. but we would, we would meet on Wednesday mornings at a coffee house and you'd be surprised who would show up. I mean, Shawn yeah. Michaels would show up road dog. And I know they don't mind mentioning, you know, cause they're, they're men of God, but it's cool to see some of the guys in the business that would show up um, to, to just talk about Jesus and just to kind of break that mold of being tough guys and really, you know, just spilling our hearts out, man. And, you know, getting a chance to hear Sean talk about his testimony or yeah. Road Dog talk about his testimony. Um, so we are accepted. I mean, you know, obviously we're, we're in a, a different time right now. Um, you know, just a lot of, you know, man, just turmoil in the world. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm not going to be able to, you know, jump on a live mic, start preaching the gospel on TV, but yeah, I yeah. can, I can let my light shine, you oh, know, um, there it is there's there's some guys who would come to our bible study who would just talk with drake and i and and we said hey how did you hear about a bible study and they because we never really would, i mean we'd tell a few people but yeah uh one of them in particular bobby fish um would you guys if you guys know who he is from undisputed era he would uh he said it was just something different about you guys like the way you carried yourself mm. the way you handled things oh, and he goes, come on. I, I didn't didn't know what it was so <laughs> i just and he was going through some stuff we invited him and lo and behold, dude, he got baptized back in August at East Coast wow. Believers, you know, gave his life to Christ. And it's just, you got to let your light shine, dude. I think it was, man, I can't remember what part of Matthew maybe where it's Jesus, you know, the, the city on a hill. You know, you don't, you don't hide the light. Um, so it's really, for me now, it's about letting my light shine and how I react and act to, to whatever, whatever is criticism. Because in my 20s, if um, I would have got you know, criticism on social media, I would have lashed out. I would have, you know, back and forth with these people. Um, and now I'm just like, yeah, I can't do that, man. It's just going to let my light shine. You know what I mean? And just put out my little videos. WWE has, doesn't have an issue with any of that. So with the culture being, you know, it is a little different. They, they don't really mind. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even as men of God, like we have, uh, we have a responsibility, you know, that responsibility to actually talk about God, no matter what the situation is that we're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or Absolutely. Or, so I read a book entitled Tender Warrior and uh, Stu Weber. I think it was written in the early 2000s, maybe, but it really spoke to me a lot. Years I read it right before my daughter was born. And it's just about being not only godly father, but, you know, in my 20s, I had to be this tough guy, mm -hmm. whether it was, you know, crying in church or whatever raising my hands in worship or whatever, I, I thought, man, I'm, that would not make me a tough guy. I can't do that. But it's really about putting down that, put, putting down that, uh, or taking that guard down, I guess, and just being the warrior for Christ, that brave, courageous, bold man, um, you know what I mean? And, and just leading your family. Like, cause you're, we're literally, you know, if you're a father and a husband, you're leading, or even a mother and a, whatever, a mother and a wife, you're leading your family in battle, but the men are called to lead their families in battle. And we're going through a spiritual warfare throughout this whole world, you know, through everything we go through right now. And, and the Bible calls, calls me to lead my family. So I, it's my duty to teach my daughter who Christ is or how she should react to certain things or, you know, what the Bible says about love or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, that book really spoke to me about just being that, that bold, courageous man who needs to step out more. Yeah, that's so true. And, and just the, the idea of as men of the household, we're supposed to be the, the spiritual leader. And it's, there's this epidemic of men who, 
uh, you know, whether it's from their background or whatever, uh, but women are in reality heading up the, the, the churches, I guess you could say, or the spiritual aspect of it. And, and it's up to us men to finally step out into what our true position is as spiritual uh, uh, heads of the household. And I think that there's going to be like an amazing, immense, uh, just just uh, a movement taking place once men find what their true identity is. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Holy Spirit's waiting for it, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, Pastor Mario, anything else? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> awesome. Good, awesome. Hey, I, I wanted to just take this moment here. Uh, if you have anything that's up and coming that you want to give a shout out to, uh, if you want to tell people where they can find you, mm. so on and so forth, uh, now uh, would be that time as well. I also want to know uh, if there's anything that myself uh, or Pastor Mario or the listeners can pray for you or your family or, or, or uh, any situations moving forward. Yeah. So as far as um, getting in touch with me, we can, I, I can throw my email out. I don't mind. It's, it's shatter6682 at gmail.com. And then um, social media, Twitter, Instagram is at Jackson Riker WWE. And then I'm on Facebook as well under Chad Lell. Um, I'm always, I always love to get emails and, and stuff, you know, uh, people's testimonies. It's crazy how, since I've been putting those videos out, just uh, people reaching out and um, you know, it's, it's really cool to see how it's helping some people who aren't even believers are just like, Hey man, that's like your positive word. And it's like, okay, well, cool. That's a seed being planted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and as far as up and coming things, uh, you, I'm, I'm, I can't remember what town I'm going to put it on social media soon, but I'm supposed to be doing a one day conference here in Florida in Iverson, I believe it is for, maybe cornerstone church i want to say i don't know if that's right yes um that's in january i'm not sure i think january 17th or 18th so i'll, I'll put the date out there but i'm excited about that um as far as any um you know chances of getting to speak to youth right now the my schedule is pretty crazy but i just uh i, I want to you know i want to keep doing the youtube thing you know they're little two minute devotionals two minutes 20 second devotionals that i think uh i think are helping a lot of people man and just like i said if anybody's got any Prayer requests, you know, for me, please always, always invite emails. But for me, the prayer request for you guys, man, is just to, to the word available has been in my head a lot lately. So I think, you know, God's, God's uh, telling me, Hey, be available, be ready and be available. And um, so that's it. Just being obedient and um, just being obedient to God to lead my family, man. And just uh, for this nation, I pray a lot for the nation for, you know, I just finished, um, you know, my church in Kannapolis, North Carolina is the refuge and pastor Jay Stewart, um, is amazing, just an amazing leader, man. And we have a, uh, another campus church that Derek Hawkins is, and now it's a, it's an all, it's an African-American church. So they, they, they formed in 2016 as part of the refuge. And they just wrote a book called welded and it's about, you know, racial reconciliation. And it's really been on my heart a lot since reading that book and just of we gotta, we gotta reconcile. We gotta come together. We gotta unite. You know, the Jesus uh, prayer in John 17 is about unity, like fellow yeah. believers unifying and just coming together in the body of Christ. Um, and Pastor Jay truly believes that there's going to be an awakening and a revival. You know, shake this world, and you can kind of see it under the table right now, man. Yeah. I, I do believe that. So praying for that, it's praying for our nation, and 
and just for uh, just the unity in the body of Christ. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Amen. Let me uh, go ahead. Thank you once again for everything. Let me go ahead and pray us out here. Yeah, sure, man. Father God, we come to you right now. We are so thankful right now for this opportunity for these men of God to sit down and just talk about you, just discuss you, just discuss everything that you've done in our lives, Lord, Father. Lord Jesus, I just ask and I pray for Chad and his family, Father God, and that you will just do miraculous things in their life, in your name, Father God. Lord Jesus, I just ask for uh, Chad's availability, Father God. Uh, it's something that's been on his heart. And Lord Jesus, I just ask that whatever it is that he needs to be available for, that in his mind and in his spirit, that he is completely obedient for that moment. Because Lord Jesus, we never want that missed opportunity to pass us by, Father God. Lord Jesus, and I just ask that uh, for this nation and everything that's happening in this nation, Father God, that uh, you just just turn it around to where all they can see is your face, Father God. All they can see is your face. No matter what it is that's happening around us, Lord Jesus, we're just concentrating on you, you, Father. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you bless everything that uh, this man touches, Father, in your precious and holy name so that it advances your kingdom. In your precious and holy name, amen. 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 Well, it's a thank pleasure meeting you, man. Yeah. yeah, likewise, man. Appreciate it. It was good, good, good time getting to chat, man. Yeah, it's been so good. Thank you once again. And uh, I hope you have a great evening. You as well, guys. Thanks a lot. All Watch right, take all. care. <laughs> <laughs>